1: That's 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com with promo code STAPLE20.
2: Thank you for listening to this DuPont Media production, available on all major podcast platforms. This is Rod Peterson on demand. Breaking news today. I do have the cowbell with me.
3: The Board of Directors of the Edmonton Elks football team has terminated the contracts of President and CEO Chris Presson, General Manager Brock Sunderland, and Head Coach Jamie Elizondo effective immediately. The Edmonton Elks cleaning house on this Monday morning, firing the President, the General Manager, and the Head Coach.
2: This is the Rod Peterson Show.
3: Uh, How about that? How about that? A look at the Great Western Brewery in Saskatoon. Great Western's Original 16 brings you Hour 2 of the Rod Peterson Show, and that's where we are today. Well, I'm not at the brewery. I'm in South Florida. The Moose is in Saskatoon at the Great Western Brewery, and they'll be talking about a very big night at the Tim Hortons Canadian Curling Trials. And uh, i tell you what, if you're just joining us for Hour 2, you have missed a lot. And producer Clark is telling me that Darren is having connection issues at the brewery in Saskatoon. So I went on a bit of a monologue in the absence of Moose last hour about the Edmonton Elks at the prompting of Edmonton fans. And I was going to lob all this into Darren's lap here an hour or two and just divest myself. But now I can't. He's not here. And I thank my 14,000 hours on air as a broadcast veteran to be able to pull through this. Because I don't know if Darren's going to be with us in this segment or not. And by the way, Clark, I'm having problems with either my hearing or this earpiece. So I don't know. Send a flare over the 49th parallel if Darren ever is able to join us here an hour or two. And the viewers can also help me out. Believe me, I have more than enough content here to get through. If I need to sit here and talk for an hour straight, I can do it. And it's a it's something of a disservice to the four teams that will play this weekend in the Canadian Football League that we're spending so much time on the Edmonton Elks, but that's fine. Edmonton is our third highest, what is it, third city for viewership. It's uh, Saskatchewan, Regina, then Winnipeg, then Edmonton. So they want to know about their team. But I'm just going to read a quick sports update because I didn't get to it last hour. Just two Canadian NHL teams are in action tonight. Connor McDavid and the Oilers host the Dallas Stars. Later on, the Flames take on the Chicago Blackhawks in Calgary. Winnipeg Jets have lost three in a row after dropping a 3-1 decision to the Pittsburgh Penguins. Kyle Connor says his team came out a bit sloppy, missing passes and not staying under pucks. Penguins goalie Tristan Jari had 30 saves to collect the win. Senators coach DJ Smith says defenseman Josh Brown is likely to be out for an extended period after suffering an upper body body injury in Ottawa's 7-5 loss to Colorado last night. And the Lakers will be without LeBron James tonight as they take on the Knicks in New York. The superstar is serving a one-game suspension following an ugly altercation with Detroit's Isaiah Stewart on Sunday. This sports update for Ballers Rec Room. Check out our brand new line of games. Book your group or business Christmas party now for the Tap, Brewhouse, and drive Through Liquor Store where you'll never need to ask to have the CFL games put on. And for Red Bull Canada, Red Bull gives you wings. They're telling me that we can go to Moose now. So, Moose, here's where I'm at in this segment. The second half kickoff here for Great Western's Original 16 and Core Grain. We have to come back on this. But Mandy is very uh, adamant that they don't need in Edmonton to hire the president first, that it could be the general manager first. I don't necessarily agree with that, but I know who I would be calling first, the first hire in Edmonton, what I would do. But before we get to that, please we're in we have you in Saskatoon to cover the Tim Hortons Canadian curling trials. Tell us the big stories and we did an hour ago, but tell them again for those that are just tuning in, why this is a big day at the Tim Hortons Trials.
4: Yeah, it's huge. Well, the big story, you know, for Saskatchewan viewers is Matt Dunstone. Matt Dunstone not being uh, at the top of his game, and he's without his third, his anchor in Braden Muscawi. That's a rock. Braden is a skip by trade, right? He's a Canadian junior champion. Um, so that's a big loss, and Braden's in a hole, so he's got to get out of that. The big match this afternoon, I'll be there, 2 o'clock, probably get it on our social feeds. Brad Gushu and Brad Jacobs, two of the top teams in the world that both badly want to represent Canada. They're both prior champions. Um, they play, they're both undefeated and they play this afternoon at two o'clock. Jennifer Jones has been playing well. She's on top. That's great. Rachel Holman is on her way back. She had a good day yesterday. So, uh, those are kind of the big storylines heading into uh, today's action.
3: 8,217 at the Monday night draw, by the way. And, uh, I tuned in. They sound loud. It's awesome to have Vic Router's voice back, right? And uh, Russ Howard. So, yeah, curling's back. It's a big thing. Thank you for that update. So, it's awesome. Metal shingle guy writes in on the 902 text line. He says, So, will it be John Murphy as general manager, Chris Jones as head coach, or Chris Jones as GM head coach, defensive coordinator? You know, in a big week in the Canadian Football League, this is why we're talking about these things. Um, My very first call, if I'm the Edmonton team, is to Lee Genier right now. I tweeted as much yesterday. And I said it last hour. I'm not sure if you were on at that time, but NLL Executive of the Year, championships won with the Saskatchewan Rush, Saskatchewan Rattlers, Calgary Stampeders. He has this written all over him. And then you just go, Lee, go do it. Lee, go. Mm-hmm. go do your thing. He knows about building championship teams. He knows about branding. He knows about it all. That would be my guy. Or do you agree with Mandy that says you don't need to um, hire a president first, hire the GM first? I, I I'm not saying she's wrong. That's just not how I would do it. Well, if you're going to
4: hire the GM first, you can do that. You can hire the GM first and then you could you know work with the GM to get a coach. But that essentially tells me you're not going to hire a president or what you're going to do is, is the board is really running things and not empowering the president. Right? So if that's the case, if that's the organizational structure, they want to go down where the board has all the power and makes all the decisions, then you can hire a GM and, and then hire a president saying, yes, but we hire these people. You don't get to make the choice on the GM. You don't get to make the choice on these decisions. We do. You handle the business operations. We'll handle the other stuff. Maybe that's the route they're going to go down. That's the only way you would hire a GM first because essentially that's what you're telling the group. But you need to do it fast because as soon as the season's over, you got to get to
3: work on next year. It is Canada's daytime sports talk show. That's why we're talking so much about the Canadian Football League. And uh, the Jug is watching. And he texts in on the 902 line. And he says, hey, Roddy, Eddie Steele should get his job back and Dwayne should get his 50 years the proper way. And for those that don't know, when we covered this an hour ago, this regime in Edmonton that was fired yesterday fired their 49-year equipment manager, pink slip, in COVID, get out. And there was no, from what I saw, no Dwayne Mandruziak night this year to bring him back and honor him. And I don't know that D-Rock would have even showed up if they'd invited him. And then the radio guy, the analyst, Eddie Steele, fired after calling out Brock Sunderland, saying all the problems with his team start with him. Well, Eddie gets fired in September. I'll never forget because I was here in Florida when he called me to say that he just got toasted. And I said, would you change anything you said? He said, no. (laughs) I said, well, I said, hold your head up, Eddie. If you don't have integrity, you don't have anything. And um, so anyways, that is the point on that is a lot of collateral damage done by that group. And are some people being unfairly maligned in this? I don't know enough. I'm just going by what I hear. But there are those that feel sorry for Jamie Elizondo. He just got caught up in his first year as head coach with an organization that clearly had a dreadful culture and was going in the wrong direction, and he gets fired in one fell swoop. So that's a tough part, too. But, you know, Eddie has responded, and Clark just told me in my ear that Eddie's going to be on the program here on Friday, so that'll be good. How about that? How about that? But, uh, look, people, they just don't understand. You used to, in this business, be able to be critical of the team for which you cover. You used to be. And you can't anymore. And I've kind of just stopped, as you know, Darren, arguing with people, trying to convince them. It's just not something that I want to be a part of anymore because it's not fun. Uh, Look where I am. This is what I want to do. And if you can't say what you want on the air anymore, because everybody's like, Rod, you should be doing play-by-play. You should be doing this. You should be doing that. Can I decide what I want to do? This is it. And so, anyway, Eddie has responded and said, because I said, does Eddie get his job back? And people said, well, if he gets his, uh, if he gets a filter, yeah, he should get his job back. And Eddie goes, ah, lesson learned. Don't, don't tell it the way it is. And I just don't want to do that anymore, Darren. I, I don't know about you.
4: There's a difference a little bit when you're, when for Eddie in that role in the team station. You know, are you you hiring to tell them like it is, but you want real analysis from these guys because that's what the fans want. The fans want real analysis, they want honesty. They're the ones who tune in, and essentially, they're the ones that the advertisers want. So, without the fans, you're not making money, and without the real opinions, the fans aren't going to want to tune in. Get that the organizations don't want to have any negative publicity. I understand all of that, but it's sometimes, you know, sometimes you got to look in the mirror and understand that maybe it's not as good as we think it is. And we're pro- we've been proven that this week with the decisions made in Edmonton.
3: Well, wow, they will never, ever, 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 ever look in the mirror. Jack Fulton watching in Alberta says Lee Genier would be an outstanding choice. He put the stamps back on the financial sponsors map back in the day. It's exactly what the Edmonton Elks need right now. Oh, they need a lot of things. But Lee could address all of those things. He's got the resume to do it. Maybe they've called him already. I would hope they have. Nelson Hakkiewicz, our VP of Sim Events, writes in. He says, are we looking at another four- to five-year rebuild with the Elks to create sustainable success, or do they need to put their balls on the table and win a cup in the next two to regain the faith of the fans? Well, Edmonton is a tremendous, tremendous CFL city. I don't think it'll take much to get those fans back. I swear, Darren. I don't think that it will. Yeah. And I see people talking about the rebuild, this and that. They were three and eleven this year. Bottom fell out. They were the wet cardboard boxes, it turns out. Look at the Toronto Argonauts 2017. I might have my numbers a little wrong, but I believe they went from a four and fourteen year to hiring Jim Pop and Mark Trestman and winning a great cup the next. Ricky Ray was their quarterback. So this is an Edmonton team. The football guys tell me, because I'm not that smart. I don't know what I'm talking about. That's what people tell me all the time. So I I rely on the football people. They say this was the second most talented uh, team in the league. So it wouldn't take long in a nine-team league for Edmonton to turn it around. But as somebody said to me today, and I want your take on this too. If the board knew they were going to fire all these guys, like when was this decision made? How do you sign off on the Trevor Harris trade? Get him out of town, your franchise base? How do you sign off on acquiring Nick Arbuckle and then you don't play him? From what I hear, they jack him around on money. That, that That's why you, all these firings yesterday, three huge firings. I'm not totally confident that they're going to find their way out of this mess because it's still the board of directors that are running things. I, I don't know how much power right. they've given Wally, but... Your thoughts on all those things I just said.
4: Yeah, there's a couple things. I mean, we'll get to the team coming back in a second. We'll start with the most recent that you just mentioned. Um, making those decisions. Well, on the one hand, it, it looks like they decided to wait till the season was over and then get together and decide, okay, are we going forward with this group or are we not? And if we're not, let's act fast, let's act quickly, and let's go make the move. Even if they knew before, perhaps they were working to say, look at, we will make this move because Trevor Harris is money out. Our money in, and let's start saving a little bit of money. So, if we can get him out and take his big 400 grand off the books, then let's do that. And let's bring in Nick Arbuckle at 100 and some, or 200 and some, or even 300, cheaper still than, than Trevor Harris. So, that could have been made for that reason. And it's like, hey, look, at you can do whatever you want, just don't spend any more money. So, if you're bringing somebody in and he's going to cost me more, more money if he plays, don't play him, right? That could have been what was said. I don't know. Um, in terms of the community, you're right. They can rebuild this in a flash. And if you are having trouble with fan bases, you know, with with getting your fans coming to the games, this is where you need to engage communities, engage groups, engage minor football, you know, give tickets away, get people into the building, right? You're gonna have to go back to let people sample your product for free for a game or two or three, and then Hopefully you capitalize uh, down the road. But once you get people in the building, you have to put on a really good show. So it'll be a, it'll, I think it would be a fun off season in Edmonton with that kind of challenge. But it's a real challenge that they have to try and get the fan base to come back.
3: Darren Workman in Salt Lake City says the roster was not the problem in Edmonton. Crap like what it sounds like is going on with Nick Arbuckle is the problem. Yeah, it was the way they were doing business. There's a lot of people affected by this regime. You need to go back and right all those wrongs? I don't know. Teams don't generally do that. Wayne in Victoria, BC says, Rod, you've got the best job in the world. Why would you want to do play-by-play again and have to kowtow to the team you're working for? Right? Approved. People are starting to pay attention. From an account named Sam's Scarf Closet says John Gruden's available.
2: <laughs> oh no.
3: You hiring John Gruden Moose, if you're the president of the Edmonton Elks, which by the way some viewers are suggesting you should be the next president of the Edmonton Elks, would you hire Chucky?
4: Probably not. Just simply because don't need to go down that road. That I looked at the look at the list. There's enough qualified, you know, people that we don't need to go down that road. But I'm not saying he shouldn't necessarily never be hired by anybody ever again. A lot of people out there that are working on their thirteenth, fourteenth, fifteenth chances. And Gruden needs another one potentially. But also that's a lot of lot of stuff to go through to determine okay, what's the character like? Is he that guy? Has he changed understood where he went wrong? making sure you're bringing a good person into your organization. But no, it's because, and it's not because of just wanting to avoid any controversy. It's, it's because there's a lot of really good qualified people that are familiar with this league and
3: would want to be in Edmonton and stay in Edmonton. We got a lot of viewers in Edmonton, as you know, and John Kirby says the Elks blame COVID-19, the bag policy, COVID measures, pub, mobile ticketing as a reason why fans did not want to attend games. Yeah, well, of course, they're going to say that. It's up to (laughs) you you whether you want to believe them or not.
4: Get one or the other, right? Excuses or results.
3: I don't care what they say. I just find it funny that Mandy was all upset at me and these Edmonton fans that I didn't watch the Elks news conference yesterday. And I'm like, why would I waste my time? It's all going to be a bunch of bunk. Yeah. (laughs) Anyways, from Big Wildcat, Watching says, can the Bombers sign Chris Strebler for the Grey Cup? Let's talk about that and other things when we come back. The other question that I had for the viewers was, how are you feeling about your NHL team as we are on the cusp of U.S. Thanksgiving? That's usually the cutoff line. People were really getting hot over that one. Fire is a note, 902-518-3033. And the poll question today for Capital Automall Universal Collision Center is, which is Canada's game of the week in the CFL? There are only two games They're the division semifinals in the East. It's Montreal and Hamilton in the West. It's Calgary at Saskatchewan. And right now running away with it on Twitter. It is the Western semifinal Calgary at Saskatchewan with 84% of the vote. Identical Clark tells me on YouTube. So we're rocking and rolling. We're going to talk about that Western semifinal later on this hour with Danny Austin. But uh, we're into Taco Time viewer takeover real early on the RP Show today. It's Canada's daytime sports talk show, and we will be right back on Game Plus Television, YouTube Live, and 24-hour sports radio at rodpeterson.com.
2: Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. You got to subscribe. Click the subscribe button for all the content you may have missed. Made back and kicking it. Let's head back to the studio. Here's Rob. You betcha. And the Moose.
3: And it's Tuesday, by the way, which means it's Taco Tuesday, $2 tacos. I'll tell you what, Moose, I don't know if you're keeping an eye on the comment section or not, but they're really going after those tacos. And it's like, it's like, this is me with the Edmonton fans. We're just standing back and just chucking nuts like... Not in a real bad way, but I'll give you an example. Um, John in Edmonton. You know John in Edmonton. He's upset that I didn't watch the Elks news conference. He says, but then again, Rod, you would watch the Saskatchewan Roughriders press conference within a heartbeat. What's the difference? Well, two things there, John. Number one, no, I wouldn't. And two, how about you watch what you want to watch and I'll watch what I want to watch. How about that? How about that? Where's Rick Regan when you need him? Um, And having said all of that, here's what I'm focused on. Mandy, this is what I was alluding to earlier. From Steve Goldie Goldstein, the television voice of the Florida Panthers. The Florida Panthers are 10-0 at home and tomorrow night can tie an NHL record. They've won 21 of 22 in South Florida. The Florida Panthers. Wednesday, the Philly Flyers are going to be here. Saturday, Ebbs is going to be here. That's what I'm focused on. Not the Edmonton Elks wandering around in the wilderness trying to find their way out. Their problem, not mine. Giving you my take on what they're doing. It's their problem. Scott Stanley writing us on the text line, the 902. Scott Stanley resides in St. Albert, Alberta, and he says, hey, Rod, to me, Jamie Elizondo didn't know what he was doing. And I didn't know you had a place at Del Boca Vista. Say hi to the Seinfelds. Our viewers should know, full disclosure, Darren, that you are, you are not the biggest Seinfeld fan. You're technically not old enough. So all these Seinfeld references just go right over your head, don't they?
4: Yes, but I've, I've found it. On the streaming service, season one, episode one, I'm going to start it on the weekend, Seinfeld.
3: <laughs> well, I hope you get it. My dad always said if I was ever out visiting my mom and dad at the farmhouse or their house in town, I would have Seinfeld on, and dad's like, I just don't, I don't, why do you find this funny? And I'm like, I don't, my your dad dad? Is, yeah. My dad too.
4: Jerry, he's always yelling all the time.
3: <laughs> I'm like <laughs> I okay. Del, Del Boca Vista You want a piece of me <laughs> Maybe just fast forward To that episode Moose Um, Ryan McCarthy Writing in he says Ryan from Saratoga New York here by the way with the new Tech system which Moose Rarely we haven't been around each Other enough since you've lined this up but I can tell who it is now finally The system saves who it is. Ryan from Saratoga, New York here. I'm happy with where the New Jersey Devils are at. Defense is much better than last season with the addition of Hamilton and Graves. Blackwood is turning the corner between the pipes. Mercer should be in Calder Trophy consideration. Can't wait for Hughes and Wood to come back to see what this team can really do. Uh, So I appreciate from the Devils Nation, if that's a thing, chiming in with their take. On uh, what's going on with the New Jersey Devils. I just think if we can just spend a minute on the NHL. Because yeah. I know a lot of our South Florida viewers, of which there are many, they are like, they're tuning in for the hockey. They tell me not to CFL talk, but as they well know, we do the talking, they do the watching. Um people say, you know, what about the Vegas Golden Knights and their problems? I have not watched many Golden Knights games at all. I've made well, it's the time change hit me hard. The 9 o'clock starts, you know, back in the in the rectangle. Eastern, now, it's a very hard to watch the Vegas Golden Knights. And two, with this coverage that we're giving the Florida Panthers, and I think have people seen the synergy here with them putting on Randy Moeller, with them putting on Bill Lindsay. There's going to be more Florida Panthers people. I tried to tell people this three months ago. The Florida Panthers said, we need the coverage. Thank you for the coverage. I go to Vegas and I'm sitting in T-Mobile Arena and my brother's probably watching right now. He can attest to this. Gary Lawless said, where do you want to sit? And I said, I'd like to sit in the press box. He's like, you're not sitting in the press box. It's full. It's beyond capacity. The Vegas Golden Knights don't need the coverage. They're fine. The Florida Panthers do. And as I'm sitting here right now, um, I'm not exactly having problems with my decision. I don't know how, what to say about that, but uh, or what you could say about that. But that's where I'm following more of the Florida Panthers uh, than that. Troy Colmer in Toronto watching says, Rod, please don't start wearing your pants up to your armpits after spending so much time in Florida. Enjoy the weather, brother. And there is all kinds of now Seinfeld references coming in here. Mandy in Edmonton says, I just want the Elks news as it's now. And Rod is delivering, so I'm happy. We were getting dicey there for a second. Rob Mahoney says, Jason Garrett is available, watching on YouTube. Jason Garrett, uh, is he? I think he's with the uh, New York Giants as a coordinator, if I'm not mistaken. But I guess let's just spend a minute, Darren, on who the Edmonton Elk... I said I would hire Lee Genier as the president and just let him go do his thing. What are you doing if you're running the Edmonton Elks? I guess I asked you that once, but I'll ask you again. Where do you see the... who do you think the top candidates are or should be?
4: It it depends. You need to find some culture. You have to create a new culture. Clearly they rolled out the new brand, but that doesn't necessarily mean a new culture has been rolled out or even a new identity. You know, I always say a logo, a website, a name, a color scheme, your merchandise, That's not your brand. Those are branding elements, but your brand is your reputation. And right now, the Elks don't have a good one. The brand is poor. Do I think the new name and logoing and all those creative aspects are great? Yeah, pretty good. There's some great framework to build a solid brand. So you need to bring in somebody to create that reputation, that culture. Is it Chris Jones? Maybe. That could be the head coach, GM, you know, That could be who shapes your culture and is the real leader of your organization. Could it be the board stepping up and saying, look, at chairman of the board, and we are setting it from the top? Or do you bring in a president to be the face of this and really start to set the culture where you know know who's in control? The president's hiring the GM, the GM's hiring the coach, and together they roll. That's up to them around the boardroom. That's what I'd be talking about right now. How do we want to build this out? Where's our reputation and culture going to start from? Is it starting from the coaching and the GM? Is it starting from the boardroom and the the board of directors? Or is it starting at the you know with the president? That's what I'm looking at right now. Lee would be a great fit. Sure, he's had lots of success. Chris Jones would be good. Is this an opportunity to try somebody out new, like a G. Roy Simon, or put Danny McManus in that role? Maybe. They have to decide what direction they want to go and then start making decisions
3: based on that. I'm going to ask the guys to uh, take me off camera after I, after I ask you that next question because I need to fix my earpiece. But are you like me at all in wondering about the financial ramifications of all of this for the CFL? Because the one thing that I talked to Edmonton football people this morning was, and I mentioned it, you're paying Elizondo at least six figures to go away for a year. I don't know what was left on the contracts of the GM of the president. They clearly don't have any ticket revenue because I watched the games. What is the financial picture of the CFL right now in terms of firing people, hiring people, what your budget is moving forward? For instance, what's the time frame here for the Edmonton Elks on hiring replacements for all these guys? How could they possibly know? what they have to spend on the three most important jobs in the organization. Is that, not, is that not a thing?
4: I know. I know. And money is absolutely part of this. You have to know money coming in, money coming out, and that can be very difficult. You know, it, It's a real difficult thing to do because you're trying to every day do the right thing for the organization. And you can't always be making tough decisions based on the financials because then you stop doing what's best for the business but then on the flip side, if you don't look at the financials forever, you end up in some trouble and then you have to make decisions based solely on finances. So that part's tough, but it's not the first time this has happened in the business world. It's not the first time this will have happened in the CFL where teams need a little bit of help. Um, I don't think the CFL is going to let the Elks, you know, die or go away because of, you know, financial issues, you know, Do they got to go the way of the telethon? Do they got to get support from other teams to stay afloat? Montreal just went through that recently. Um, You know, there will be ways to take care of this, but that is part of it, especially when you're operating in a league where you're not making a lot of money in this past two years or longer, and then you're going to throw money out by paying coaches to not coach. You know, you might be hoping that Jamie Elizondo is going to find another job, and when he finds another job, then that takes the money off the books because his contract will be out and he'll sign a new one with somebody else. That could be the hope. But you know what? If this is the decision that's best for the football team moving forward, then it's a tough pill to swallow financially, but it's a decision you have to make. So that's kind of where where I'm at with it. Um, Did we get your earpiece fixed yet?
3: Yeah, we did. Nice job. I got it 100%. So I appreciate that. The viewers, by the way, (laughs) chiming in with their favorite Seinfeld lines. And of all the things, I'm not sure you have time to get caught up on all these things, Darren. It's going to take you years, some serious binge watching to get caught up on the Seinfeld stuff. But from Jennifer down at the Four Seasons Sports Palace, she says, can you spare a square? Do you have any idea what that reference means, Darren? No, Ellen. Is it about baked Ellen, goods? No. Julia Louise Dreyfus was in a bathroom stall in a New York bathroom, and she was out of to- out of <laughs> toilet paper. So she was reaching underneath the bathroom stall door to the next lady, going, "Excuse me, excuse me, can you spare a square?" Trust oh, me, man. I've watched them all. I've watched them all. John Ohm in Winnipeg is watching. He says, who goes on vacation without a job? What do you need a break from? Getting up at 11? <laughs> um, Ryan and <laughs> uh, from the Puck and Pigskin podcast. I was in the pool. George Costanza's shorts fell down and uh, it was a cold pool. Oh, man. <clears throat> Enough of that. One more, Moose. Sports on tap here before we bring in Danny Austin. National Hockey League tonight. Philadelphia at Tampa Bay. Edmonton at Dallas. Chicago at Calgary. In the NBA, the Raptors are off. In Major League Soccer, the playoffs are on, I guess. I thought they just started. Nashville at Orlando. Seattle at Salt Lake. Do you have a featured game tonight and uh, or today? Lay it on me. Yeah, my featured game's back on the uh, the
4: ice in the curling rink. It's Gushu and Jacobs this afternoon at 2 o'clock. I'm going to be there. I'm just pulling up the the NHL skit. I'm going to be there for that one. So that's my featured game of the day. And I don't know about tonight. The Flames and Oilers both play. It'll be one of those two games. They're on at nearly the same time. There's a overlap of most of that game. Probably get the first period of the Oilers game and then more of the Flames game. So... We'll, uh, we'll have the recap of that, but no, it's it's Brad Gushu, Brad Jacobs this afternoon. at uh, In about an hour, hour and a half, um, I'll be over at the rink for that. So that's mine. Yours?
3: The two Brad's. Um, we'll see. I, honestly, I, I looked at the Edmonton-Dallas matchup, and immediately you immediately thought 90s NHL, and yeah. I'm just wondering if that rivalry is still a thing. I don't think it is, but my word was it red hot in the nineties. Well, no, um, it probably will be f- that they had. That's what I'm, that's why, <laughs> that's why it was so yeah. red hot. Um, I'll probably, it'll probably be Philly, Tampa Bay. I'll be watching on Bally sports son. Um, Eric Thomas watching on YouTube on this Elks thing says the money situation in Edmonton is why I feel coach Jones is the front runner for both the GM and head coach job, um, for sure. And it's just funny, as I said way back at the start, of the 12 candidates listed at 3downnation.com on the next GM in Edmonton, none of them were Brendan Tammen, Eric Tillman, or Jim Barker, and all of those names I'd heard in connection to Ottawa. So the rumor mill continues to spin in the CFL. Moose, we'll see you back here for overtime. What do you say? Sounds good. I can't wait. Danny Austin joins us next from the Calgary Sun to preview the Western semifinal as we're learning from our voters and viewers today. It is Canada's Game of the Week. You are watching the RP Show on the Game Plus Television Network, YouTube Live, and 24-Hour Sports Radio at rodpeterson.com.
2: Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. You gotta subscribe. Click the subscribe button for all the content you may have missed. Oh, yeah, he's back. Time for more of the Rod Peterson Show. Okay,
3: apologies, but we're good to go. Uh, Lesson learned, don't turn your audio interface on and off in the break. Anyways, we're back, we're ready to go. Uh, Yes, and I will uh, refrain from more Edmonton Elks comments until later on in overtime, because we're bringing in Danny Austin now from the Calgary Sun, and I'm sure he's got some thoughts on the Edmonton Elks Torching their organization yesterday with all those high-profile firings. Good morning, Danny. Good to see you. I, we obviously brought you on to talk about the Edmund, the uh, Calgary-Saskatchewan Western Semifinal because you said in your tweet this morning how fascinating the matchup is and all that. So can we please start there and talk about the actual games and what has you so excited about the Western Semifinal on Sunday?
5: What has me excited is I have absolutely no idea how this is going to play out. I think these are two really, really evenly matched teams. We had that sort of insane, um, it would have been, I guess, four weeks, but but three games in four weeks for the Stampeders, three straight yep. for the Riders against the Stamps. And they were decided by a grand total of six points. I mean, anyone who says they know what's going to happen in this game I, is full of it because I think these are two teams. It's whichever one comes in gets hot, whichever one executes. But they're both very good football teams, in my opinion, who you look at, I mean, what's the Riders winning streak coming into the playoffs? And then you look at the Stamps. They were two and five last time we talked, Rod. And they went six and one down the stretch. So these are two very good teams who I think are are capable of beating out anybody. And I've tweeted about it after a regular season that I generally think was pretty underwhelming from this league. Uh, I love every playoff matchup we've got. And it starts with this one between Calgary and and Saskatchewan. I'm just fascinated. I can't wait.
3: Well, I'll tell you what. When I thought about what I was going to ask you today and when I thought about this matchup, this is the first thing that popped into my head. You've been covering the Stamps for a long time. You travel with them. So you would know this as well as anybody. There is nothing about going into Mosaic Stadium that they fear. As a matter of fact, I might say it's the opposite. They relish going into Mosaic Stadium for games. Can you talk about that?
5: Yeah, I mean, the St. Peter's team has had a ton of success. Bo Levi Mitchell has had a ton of success in Saskatchewan. Um, I mean, that's not a knock on the Riders. I want to be clear. It's my it's my favorite road trip, and that stadium's a big part of it, and the fans are incredible, and they can certainly take teams out. But um, this is a St. Peter's team that has had a lot of success there. I will be honest with you. I don't think that there's any intimidation factor um, in terms of the Riders' And, and how the Stampeders perceive them or going in here. Stampeders have been better on the road this year, um, but this is one that they get up for. They know what the rivalry means. They they love the rivalry, um, and, and honestly, I mean, they've generally gotten the better of the Riders in recent seasons, so that's why. I mean, Riders fans tried to throw them off their game. That's, that's what you're there for. That's the job, but no, I, I think that when we look at this season, um, I found that, look, the Stampeders won two of three, the Riders won the third one, and it sort of felt like that's all anybody talked about outside of Calgary was the fact that they lost the third one as if they didn't win the first two. So uh, I, I think the Stampeders are very confident. I think that the way that this season was built was luck. They were they they had some, some things to sort out. There were some injuries early on, particularly to Bo Levi Mitchell. He didn't get a training camp, but, but the idea was get hot going into the playoffs, and they have done that. So they have reason to feel confident about the direction that they've gone and the way that they've built themselves up this season. And I don't think Mosaic Stadium has any impact on that. You
3: mentioned uh, that the last time you were on, the Stamps were two and five. They've clearly caught fire since. And, and what I heard from them at the time, the players and the coach, but also the analysts, is that they just need to play better. Um, talk about what's caused this team to catch fire and win six of seven the rest of the way.
5: I mean, we all got to admit when we were wrong. Um, I will say I, I kind of called out Sean Lemon specifically last time I was on your show. Um, that defensive line, and that starts with Sean Lemon, I really do think he was the catalyst. I think you were getting good play from Mike Rose and Derek Wigan, but Sean Lemon sort of took it upon himself to start getting sacks, start hassling quarterbacks. And and from there, you guys, you saw guys like Stefan Banks, Isaac Adeyemi-Berglund, Fulham or Amalade, they've also they've all stood up. But it really did start with the D-line because, as you know, I mean, you give receivers enough time in this league, they're going to get open. So it was really hard on this elite, elite group of defensive backs. They were giving up yards, but there, there wasn't that pressure on quarterbacks. And I think it started with Lyman, but the, the D-line as a whole really, really improved. And it's taken the offense time. And I still don't know if the offense is all the way where you want it to be Right now from the Stan Peter's, I think that they've had flashes. I think they also, I mean, we saw in that third game against the Riders, you know, I believe believe I Mitchell threw four interceptions. That that can't happen. You don't win football games if you do that. But the defense is so good. You look at Jameer Thurman, Darnell Sanket, linebacker, the addition of Trey Roberson um, just gives them options in the DB group. And then the D-line has really, I mean, the D-line has been as good as anybody coming down, down the stretch here. And the defense means that they're always going to have opportunities to win. So what they needed was sort of incremental improvements from the offense to start winning games, and that happened. Um, but it started with the defense, and, and the defense remains the strength of this team. Um, you'll beat them once on deep balls. You won't beat them twice, and that's what I like to see from, from a defense.
3: Danny, this is going way, way, way too fast. I feel like bringing you back later in the week and see what's changed by then and doing this again. But I I got to end this, unfortunately, by asking you the Edmonton Elks situation and um, what you thought when you saw the news yesterday and where you see them going.
5: Yeah, I mean, I was not surprised, ultimately. Um, I, I think we saw there was something rotten at the core um, in that organization. And I think that if you spoke to players um, around the league, but some players in Edmonton as well. There was some, you know, there was some anger. There was it, it wasn't going well. It wasn't going well that it go it wasn't going in an, a direction that I think you could fix with a small change. So this is this is good. We need, as a CFL community, we we want the Elks to be successful. Edmonton's such an important um, part of this national puzzle that we have. It's it's an important piece. Um, what I will say is I hope that the players are there's someone from the organization reaching out to the players. I'm, I'm told that what didn't really happen yesterday. So there's a lot of confusion about the direction. Those players want to know if there's interest in keeping them around. Um, but this this had to happen, though. And I think Wally Bono is the perfect guy. I can tell you, I don't want to talk too much about, you know, Mark Killam as an option, but I think you've got a great head coaching option here in Calgary in Mark Killam, who I think would do a great job, who has a great reputation for being a players coach, who players love around the league, and that would really help in free agency. Um, but you know, there's options, but ultimately it's unfortunate. I have no problem personally with any of the the people there. I'm not trying to badmouth them, but it seemed like obviously change had to happen.
3: It is going to be fascinating to watch along with the Ottawa GM situation. And of course the games themselves, Uh, Danny, as always, I appreciate the time. Enjoy the game on Sunday. Uh, Thanks
5: buddy. Always, always good to chat. Talk soon.
3: Calgary suns, Stan Peters beat writer. Danny Austin joining us from Cowtown, previewing Canada's game of the week. Stick around, everybody. Overtime is next, and the always fun Taco Time Viewer Takeover. You're watching the RP show on the Game Plus Television Network across all 10 provinces and 31 states, including Florida. Live streaming on YouTube and 24-hour sports radio at RodPeterson.com.
2: Have you subscribed to the Rod Peterson Show YouTube channel yet? Head to YouTube.com/slash the Rod Peterson Show now. You got something to say? You want to add to the show? What are you waiting for? Don't just sit there. Say something. Now, back to the studio with Rod.
3: And Darren Moose DuPont as well. He is at Great Western uh, Brewery in Saskatoon. as part of our Hour 2 coverage and the Tim Hortons curling trials. Overtime is for the Four Seasons Sports Palace, where it is football week at the Palace. The Greek freak wants you to know. American Thanksgiving Triple order. Uh, That's Thursday, Super Sunday, the CFL semifinals, big screen, no need to ask to have the games put on at the Four Seasons, plus 11 Sunday games, we love sports, Skull and Go Riders Go. Uh, News from this morning, Nathan Rourke, Johnny Augustine and Davin Coleman were named the CFL Top Performers of the Week for Week 16. The Western Hockey League announced that Everett Silvertips defenseman Ronan Seeley has been named the Player of the Week, the Carolina Prospect. Had seven points in four Silvertips games last week. Uh, they also announced that Red Deer Rebels goalie Chase Coward has been named WHL Goalie of the Week. He had his first career shutout in their 22... What do you have? A 22-save shutout. And the Rebels 2-0 victory over the Hitman. And Darren, uh, you, this would not be news to you. Jennifer Jones and Tracy Flurry remain unbeaten at the curling trials in Saskatoon. Flurry shot 100% to dumb Krista McCarville 9-2. And Jones took a 7-5 win over Casey... Scheidegger. Uh, also, Rachel Holman got her first win, 9 6 over Kelsey Rock. And as you've been pro- promoting all day, Brad Jacobs meets Brad Gushu this afternoon in a battle of 3 and 0 teams. The sports update for dubnetwork.ca and for Ben Cahoon's G2G protein bars. Mentioned earlier, 8,217 for the draw last night. Are they overall happy with the crowds in Saskatoon? What are they, what are they saying about that?
4: Yeah, I think so. I think it's outstanding. I think it's awesome. You know, I was there earlier in the week and, uh, well yesterday and it's just, it's packed. There's a lot of buzz. There's a lot of excitement. I think it's a fun atmosphere. It's, it's, it's a little more casual because the games are long, but it's fun. It's a little relaxed, but then you can celebrate all these great shots. I think there's a, a hint that something special is happening in Saskatoon and that makes it really cool to be in the facility. So, uh, it's awesome. It's great. And this afternoon is going to have a, a, a big buzz because of the two undefeated teams going head-to-head.
3: For sure. Well, it is Taco Time viewer takeover where everybody's jumping up and down saying, pick me, pick me. I don't think, I mean, it is only Tuesday. I don't think we have any leaders in the clubhouse for this week's gift card. Um, Ryan H watching on YouTube says, can't wait for the CFL playoffs. I think Calgary eventually upsets Winnipeg in the Western Final. John Ohm says, Rod, will you be watching any CFL playoff games this Sunday? Uh, Yeah, I'll be watching them both. I'm sitting back uh, looking at six hours of football watching. They're on ESPN channels this weekend on Sunday. Jeff, the Stams fan says, I doubt we see Strebler and CFL in the CFL anytime soon and not likely back to Winnipeg. That's from Jeff, the Stams fan. I have no idea. I haven't seen any of the real coverage. The three down, story didn't mention much about Strevler's potential future other than that he was let go in Arizona and I'm not sure what the rules are. I seem to remember of course the rules do change quite a bit in the CFL from year to year but I I, I remember players being signed for playoff games. I'm not sure if that's still the thing or not but frankly for a CFL team right now, playoffs start this weekend. your roster's set your quarterback room set. Chris Streler's not coming back to the CFL this month.
4: Probably not. Of course, he's going to exhaust the NFL options first. But he could. And, you know, if he comes back to... Remember, the the, the the shortest path back is to Winnipeg. There's familiarity there. But there's no Paul Apelis who was able to use him in those other situations um, to have some success. But if he comes back in, it provides immediate impact, short yardage, a bit of a wildcat, can mix things up. He's not coming in and starting a game. I think, you know, if this is the case that Zach Caleros can't play. It won't be Strevler starting, okay? He's just in there as an extra
3: weapon if he comes back. Last minute of play. Last minute of play in the RP show. Bill Durrell writes in on the 902 line. He says, I wouldn't wish Chris Jones on any CFL team Rider' reputation improved immensely when he left. And I would say that's a matter of opinion. I think Chris Jones will be a head coach and GM probably again one day uh, in the CFL. I don't know if it'll be Edmonton or not, but that is one thing that are people going to want to be talking about for the weeks ahead. When do you think uh, in the time? Yeah, we only got 30 seconds left Joe. How 15 How do, do they have a new GM by January one Moose? Yes. Ooh. See you tomorrow. And for the viewers, see you at noon Eastern. Who has more fun than us?
2: (laughs) For more Rod Peterson On Demand, visit rodpeterson.com